The Dark Knight Fears Alfred once told me the point of Batman was to be the outcast. He could make the choice no one else could make. The right choice. But there was a time when I didn't think being Batman was even a choice. It had been months after Ra's al Ghul attacked. Gordon and I had been cleaning up the Narrows but there were still plenty of Arkham inmates roaming free. The biggest was Dr. Jonathan Crane. In our last encounter, I had given him a dose of his own fear gas. Who knew what had happened to his mind since then? But on the week of Halloween, he returned, blowing up electric relay stations. He was knocking out power in select portions of the city, plunging them into darkness. While the innocent groped around in the dark, he and his men had been looting Gotham. I was waiting for him to strike next. But Alfred encouraged me to attend the Halloween party in my new penthouse. Everyone was in costume. I, of course, went as Bruce Wayne. There were certain advantages to keeping up appearances and mingling with Gotham's elite. The wealthy, the powerful, the perverse. It kept me abreast of what was happening in the city. While I rarely heard something I didn't already know, I couldn't afford to be surprised. Except that night I was. A pair of Dalmatians walked around me, their leash tying my legs together. I heard a laugh behind me. When I turned around, I saw their owner. It was a beautiful woman in a red dress, wearing glasses. She was the only party-goer I didn't recognize. I don't know you, do I? I asked. Of course not. She said, I'm in disguise. I don't usually wear glasses. I couldn't help but smile. Usually I was the mysterious one. We danced for a bit, but the night was cut short when I looked out the window and saw Gordon had lit the signal. Crane had struck again. I apologized to my dance partner telling her that I had business to attend to and asked how I could keep in touch. She told me not to worry. She'd keep in touch. And with that, she walked off and disappeared in the crowd. In the time it took me to respond, Crane had blown up another relay station. Half the city was without power now. 
It seemed the other half was stricken with fires and looting. It was going to be a long night, but I had no choice. Gotham had chosen me to look after it. I'd already spotted a gang of criminals nearby, robbing a store at gunpoint. So I moved in. I saved the store owners. But despite my efforts, Crane was still out there. I returned home to rest, frustrated with how Halloween had gone. I threw a party I didn't want to have. I had to leave when I didn't want to. And I met a woman who didn't even give me her name. Everything felt out of my control. When I woke up the next day, however, I was surprised to find that same woman waiting outside of my penthouse. Her name was Jillian Maxwell, and she wanted to join me for breakfast. Naturally, I had Alfred serve us. As we ate, I got to learn more about Jillian and found myself wanting to spend more time with her. Her energy was boundless. Somehow I felt free. Later, we went on a carriage ride through the park, taking in the romantic sights. She leaned against me and said, For a man who could have anything he wanted, why do I have the sense you rarely get what you want? It was an innocent question. Answered by my reality as a masked gunman stopped our carriage demanding Jillian's purse. I tried to step in. As Batman, I could have easily taken him down. But Jillian stopped me. It's only money, she said. It's not worth your life. I thought over her words as the gunman took off with her purse. We contacted the police and headed back home. Night was coming and I had to go back to work. Jillian was disappointed asking me who worked on a Saturday night. I told her money never sleeps, though, if I were honest about it. I would have said, crime never sleeps. I needed to track down that thief and return what he had taken. So I said goodbye to Jillian. But as I entered the penthouse, Alfred informed me that the police had already nabbed the gunman and recovered Jillian's purse. Maybe I didn't have to work tonight. Was it too late to catch up to her? Tell her I changed my mind. As much as I wanted to, I knew I had to catch Crane. Bruce Wayne would have to wait. It was odd that on a night like this, I would remember my father. The phone would ring. There was a medical emergency somewhere. He had to go. Like me, he had no choice. Was this my way of following in my father's footsteps? I pulled myself out of the distraction and started scouting known hangouts of Crane's associates. Finally, I saw one of them in the rain. 
He was one of the men I fought the last time I encountered Crane in Arkham. I roped him in and interrogated him. Where's Crane? He told me exactly what I needed to know. I tracked Crane to the Narrows. But this time it felt different. Crane wasn't afraid of me. And he was still wearing that burlap mask he'd worn at Arkham. When I called out his name, he corrected me. He wasn't Crane anymore. He wanted me to call him Scarecrow. I chased Scarecrow as he headed into a hedge maze in Gotham Central Park. When I turned a corner, he was gone. Not wanting to give up. I kept searching, but in my exhaustion, I grazed my cheek on the thorns of the hedges. They were laced with his toxin. I had prepared nose filters for his fear gas, but I hadn't expected him to administer the poison this way. Similar to the first time I met him, I began having visions. Except this time, it wasn't the memories of my parents' deaths. I was still Batman, chasing Crane. But in this vision, he was leading me into a church. As I followed, I wondered why. Why a church? Then, I saw her at the altar. Jillian, wearing a bridal gown. She told me to take the mask off make the choice to be with her. Standing at the altar, I wondered if this was actually what my parents would have wanted for me. Being Batman had already cost me, Rachel. Was I going to lose Jillian as well? How long could I sacrifice my own happiness? My mind fought itself. In my delirium, I managed to find a way to escape the maze and make it into the tumbler. It took me to the bunker where Alfred helped me, inoculating me with the antidote that Lucius had made. Next night, I woke up in my room to find Jillian there. She was concerned for me, asking what had happened. I had to lie, telling her it was food poisoning. As we talked, I mentioned I was going to be taking time off to travel. To my own surprise, I asked, would you join me? She seemed just as surprised as me. Are you sure? What about your responsibilities? She asked. I told her I actually wasn't sure, but maybe that's why I had to do this. Crane still hadn't been caught, but Gordon had been building up the police department with fine new recruits. As a team, they could take care of Crane without me. The next day, I was up and about, 
Alfred expected that I'd go to the bunker, but I asked him to pack the steamer trunk for me instead. The La Paloma was leaving Pier 29 tomorrow, and Jillian and I were going to be on it. I thought Alfred would be thrilled. He had always wanted me to give up this life and find someone. But instead, he hesitated. Something was weighing on him. He confessed that he had reached out to his old contacts and looked into Jillian's history. He handed me a drive, telling me there was something about her I should know. You had no right, I told him. Alfred knew I'd be angry, but he did what needed to be done. He had no choice. Surely that was something I could relate to. And then he left me alone, grappling with whether to read what he found. I thought about throwing it away without looking at it, that I'd leap at a chance at happiness. But as I stared outside, the signal lit up. Something was wrong. A pair of eyes were painted above the bat, and the light glowed orange, making the signal look like a jack-o'-lantern. Scarecrow must have gotten to the top of the GCPD. There was no sign of Gordon when I arrived at the roof. Instead, I found one of his detectives, Anna Ramirez. She was shaking, looking terrified, a victim of Scarecrow's fear gas. I gave her the antidote from my belt as she told me that Scarecrow had taken Gordon to the clock tower. I headed over there and saw what was happening. Scarecrow had tied Gordon to the clock face. In five minutes, the giant hand would crush him if I didn't do something. I glided towards the tower grabbing Gordon and bringing him to safety. Scarecrow ran inside the tower. He wouldn't be running long. Scarecrow. He'd never know what he did to me. How far inside his poison reached to private things. How tempting it was to ignore the signal. How hard it was to ignore my desires private fears I couldn't quit, nor change. Once Scarecrow touched those fears, he never had a chance. Gordon's backup arrived to bring Crane back to Arkham. It wasn't the first time I caught him. It wouldn't be the last either. With Gordon safe, I went to the bunker with the disc Alfred had given me about Jillian. Reluctantly, I plugged it into the computer and read the file. The next day, Jillian arrived at the penthouse, asking if I was ready to go. I shook my head. I can't, Jillian. Or should I say, Catherine Cole, Christine Gerard, Diana Lopez, Pamela Weissman. The woman in front of me seemed almost unrecognizable now. 
Her eyes, that had been so full of love, were now glaring with hate. I continued, You've been all those women. Always a rich husband. All died accidentally. So allow me to do you a favor and not make you a widow again. Behind Jillian, federal agents stepped out of their hiding place, ready to arrest her. She had been wanted across the country. As they took her away, I gave one word of advice. Confess. Soon, it was just me and Alfred in the penthouse once more. As always, he knew what I was thinking. How could Batman make the mistake of falling for a murderer? But Alfred offered new insight. Perhaps it wasn't Batman who made the error, but only Bruce Wayne. I had learned something that Halloween... I thought I didn't have a choice to be Batman. That Gotham chose me to protect her. I was wrong. Ever since the night my parents were taken from me, I made the choice. It meant that some of my heart's desires may have to go unfulfilled. But many more would be satisfied. It was a good choice. The right choice. The Dark Knight Fears Based on Legend of the Dark Knight Halloween Special Number One Written by Jeff Loeb With art by Tim Sale Adapted by Ben Wan Mixed and edited by Tim Maxwell Produced by Newverse Creative